0: United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the United States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the history of lead poisoning. On our last episode of the United States of Lead, we discussed Mozart's possible lead poisoning, and that made me interested in what other famous people might have had lead poisoning, so I just decided to Google it, and I came across an interesting article from The Atlantic, which will be linked in our sources, and I think it actually might be our only source. This article is really interesting. I highly recommend that everybody read it in its entirety. Now, we've discussed lead paint on this show, but when we usually talk about that, we're focused on house paint prior to 1974. But what about artists who used lead paint to create masterpieces? Quote, in 1713, an Italian physician, oh lord, Barna You're
1: on your own on this one. Wow.
0: (laughs) Bernardinus Ramazzini described in his De Morbis art, uh, god damn (laughs) it. At least this looks fun. De Morbis Artificum Diatriba. How about this? In 1713, an Italian physician described in a book he wrote, (laughs) a mysterious set of symptoms. You gotta leave all that in.
1: That's just great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna leave it in. He noticed a mysterious set of symptoms among artists. He was one of the first to make the connection between paint and an artist's health, but it would take centuries for painters to switch to less harmful materials. End quote.
1: Crazy.
0: Yeah, so that's 1713 and he's like, hey guys, this shit's killing them. And they're like, shh, you're making great work, it's fine. Wow. My aunt is an artist, she's retired and so now she's taking, she'd never gotten into traditional painting and so now she's taking all these classes at a college. But she said that there's this paint, this red paint. And my mom said she even thinks that the name is cadmium. So they still are making these paints because my aunt said that when she went to get these certain paints, there are these paints that have these huge warnings, like use at your discretion. This is toxic.
1: Mm -mm, mm -mm. Even if it is the person takes the liability, they're taking that liability for everyone involved. I know it's it's insane. Yeah, you can can use this.
0: And then you're throwing that tube away. Yeah. With the it's just it's it's insane. How are you washing
1: your brushes?
0: Oh my god, I can't. just gotta rinse
1: the- that out in the rinse it out in the sink. That's fine. You didn't
0: read ahead so I love this, but anyways, I wrote this seems to be a tale as old as time. We know the dangers of lead. We know the dangers of lead poisoning and the side effects of them for over 2000 years and yet here we are. Now we discussed in our episode on lead in wine the many symptoms of lead poisoning were misdiagnosed as colic, and this actually happened quite often. And we see misdiagnosis nowadays too. Like I said, all of these symptoms: heart disease, mm-hmm. high blood pressure, fatigue, chronic headaches, joint pain, arthritis. I mean, it's They're just having a bad on time. And on and on and on. Yeah, it's a like, oh, oh, tough sucks. day. Mm.
1: Here,
0: take this pill. again, from the Atlantic quote, the symptoms of this supposed colic ranged, but they often included a quote, cadaverous looking tooth loss, fatigue, painful stomach aches, partial paralysis, and gout, which was a buildup of uric acid that caused also arthritis, all of which resemble the symptoms of chronic lead poisoning we see today. In fact, (laughs) The ailments that many renowned artists experienced didn't just prompt their gloomy works. They might have caused them to, end quote.
1: Crazy.
0: Yeah. All of this stuff where it's like, man, that really sucks. It's just what your body's doing and not looking at what actually could be causing it. <laughs> so here's where it gets interesting, quote. Julio Montes-Santiago, an internist from Spain, recently evaluated the existing evidence of lead poisoning among artists across five centuries for a new paper in Progress in Brain Research, which I want to read when I have time. And there is a link to this in the Atlantic article. Based on the available descriptions of their materials and symptoms, history's most famous sufferers of lead poisoning, he argues, are likely... Michelangelo, or Michelangelo, however you want to say it, Francisco Goya, and possibly Vincent Van Gogh. So sad. It's interesting to think about Van Gogh, especially when people just focus on absent. Now, Michelangelo, for example, he says, was painted in Raphael's fresco, the school of Athens, with a deformed, likely arthritic knee, according to the author. That is combined with letters from Michelangelo, in which he complains of passing stones in his urine, suggests to this person, Montez Santiago, that he most likely suffered from paint and wine-induced gout, end quote. Now, something I want to bring up, too, because going back to our episode on Mozart, we talked about his mom, and his mom had every single symptom of lead poisoning, couldn't diagnose her, couldn't figure out what was wrong with her, and kept force feeding her that oh, wine.
1: Oh yes, right, the wine. That's right. No, just
0: drink a little wine, a little more wine. No, no. They refused to let her have fresh water, even though she was begging for it, and instead we're here have this grainy rhubarb powdered wine. Oh. And this was in the 1600s. Wine was still heavily infused with lead during that time, and they were force feeding that poor purple- woman <laughs> that wine. Going back to what we're discussing though, quote, many art historians think that Van Gogh might have also suffered from epilepsy and bipolar disorder, but Santiago argues that lead poisoning likely contributed to his delusions and hallucinations. This is where I want to talk when you're talking about cleaning your bristles. The artist was known to have sucked on his brushes, possibly because the lead had that sweet aftertaste, end quote.
1: Did you ever have any professors or teach like instructors who would smell the the marker? No. Oh yeah, I well, okay, that's weird. Um, that, <laughs> I mean, I didn't do it, but uh, at least two. What are you two, confessing, Paul? At least two <laughs> in college uncap it and just sort of like think a well, little. I'm just picturing that. If anyone listening uh, experiences that or does does that, please
0: please let Paul feel better about himself. Yes. By emailing oh. <laughs> at oh. gmail.com and share your experience of your professor's maybe you're
1: sucking experience. on brushes, <laughs> yeah.
0: Suck it. Can you imagine like he's painting and then he's just putting paint in your mouth? Mm-hmm. You would think when you're a child, you're told not to do that. I'm right,
1: know. it's not even chips, it's like it's liquid,
0: full on liquid, sucking them clean. <sighs> Going back to Michelangelo though, with his knee. Because we right. talked about that with the clowns and that they had that nickname, Jake Leg. Like, this is, I. it sounds like that's what he had.
1: That's, I was going to ask, I couldn't remember the name of the condition. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that there was a name, so enough people were having it. It's crazy to think that we all can picture, you know, Sistine Chapel and all this other stuff. But it's like, I don't know what he looks like. I don't really know.
0: Yeah. And I, in this article, they actually show the painting okay with the school of Athens so you can look and it they because they have that as a to cite this sure theory
1: I was gonna te- make a joke about a headband but I couldn't remember what color I think it's orange
0: oh uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. <laughs> it's actually because Ruby's <laughs> actually gotten into them and
1: oh that's, that's adorable I
0: was trying to remember like which one's Donatello and I think Donatello's purple I think Raphael is red
1: yes is it is, green is- I'm colorblind, so I can't, I don't
0: Oh, I forget like, that you're Donatello and,
1: or, um Donatello and Leonardo are, are pretty darn close to each other for me. I think they're purple and blue, and I've always had trouble with that. Wait, and is the green Michael
0: is, the pizza, pe- is, is he the pizza lover?
1: He's the pizza, the chowabunga dude.
0: And he's orange. Okay. He's the stoner. Yeah. <laughs> but he's actually just hallucinated on lead poisoning. Anyways, quote, Goya occasionally applied his paints directly to the canvas with his fingers which is what Monte Santiago argues is one of the reasons he experienced problems like constipation, trembling hands, weakness of limbs, blindness, vertigo. In his famous 1820 self-portrait, Goya painted himself being embraced by his doctor, end quote. So again, I think about some of these things, even constipation. Yeah. But trembling hands and weakness of limbs, that's a very big one is weakness of limbs. Blindness and vertigo, I know blindness was on there. Vertigo also interesting.
1: Well, if your body's not working right, and
0: yeah, it just shuts your down. Your
1: brain is yeah. it Well, I guess vertigo is about your inner ear and its connection to like.
0: And so is that tinnitus. Yeah, that's the ringing in the ear. But again, okay. these are things people have nowadays, and have you, and why is it not just standard? You have these symptoms. Why don't we just get your blood work done?
1: Yeah, I I, You're doing I don't your
0: blood work anyways to check for your antibodies and red and white blood cells when you have something that's chronic and won't go away.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I d- again, I don't think we know how to deal with just the answer to problems. We, I think we have to move from like problem to problem. That's what we're...
0: Yeah. And what I've, again, learned in the last few years, which I think a lot of people have, all aspects of their society, mm-hmm. and this includes judicial, medical, all these decisions We're not a preventative care society, mental health too. We're not preventative care. It's once right. this happens, then we'll help you.
1: Right.
0: Whereas all of these things should be based on preventative care and mental health too. Like I was talking to someone about this, where, you know, our generation, if you were in therapy when you were a kid, it's like, whoa. The oh I yeah. I
1: remember. You? Yeah. You know? I, yeah, I was. Cause but I was in they... therapy
0: too. Yeah. After something happened to me when I was three or four, my parents put me into therapy and thank God they did because it definitely helped. But that was because something happened. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I'm seeing this shift because I'm getting Ruby into therapy as preventative care. Why, Why wouldn't would- you have a child talking to somebody who can nurture and help their emotional development besides the parent? They're at a stage right now where they're seeing separateness and they're seeing themselves as an individual. That development should be with a professional. Yes. Why wouldn't it be? Just like you go to a doctor to prevent getting sick and, you know, learning the things that you should be learning to take care of your body, you should be doing that with a mental health professional too. And it should be paid for. There's so much shame into taking care of your mental health. And I don't know what that's all about. I mean, I do. It comes from those people like that guy in that video who brought up his daddy issues with taking that plaque down. It Even all under the that. most
1: ideal conditions, we still end up needing care. If your parents loved you so much that they never let you, they put ahead, cleared the road entirely ahead of you, then we would say, well, they didn't love me enough to let me do it on my own. And if their parents loved you so much that they made you do everything on your own and you got stronger from that, you'd say, well, my parents didn't love me enough to clear the road away. And there's no point in between that where people come out of being alive without anything going wrong. (laughs) Why don't we
0: care isn't saying that shit doesn't happen. Right. But it's saying it really would reduce dramatically a lot of the shit that's happening.
1: And we acknowledge (laughs) that shit is happening. So that means like, oh, I think if we did that, we would acknowledge that shit is happening. So that means that, well, maybe we should have that surgery, you know, that surgery that you didn't want to have the surgery that like you didn't plan to have.
0: You're drinking water out of this lead vessel.
1: Well, yeah, we come come back back to lead.
0: If you stop drinking out of this lead vessel, you're probably not going to have these symptoms or you drink 12 diet Cokes a day and your spine feels like it's on fire. And then you stop drinking those 12 diet Cokes a day and magically you don't have that spine issue anymore. Yeah. That's what I had. And if it doesn't, okay, well, let's see what else, you know what I mean? Like it's, I know I've mentioned this before, but we wear our seat belts, right? It's the law, whatever. The likelihood of you actually getting in an accident Isn't that great, but don't you still want the security of the seatbelt just in case? I just It's baffling to me how our society thinks in that way of what preventative care is for and the importance of it. And we saw it with COVID. I mean, good Lord. (laughs) So yeah, I just feel like all of that. We reached a peak of we really need to reassess and rethink how we're functioning. And I think all of our foundations need to be set for preventative care. And that's judicial childhood development, adult development, yeah. even think of a job you go into preventative care is also getting the proper training and knowledge before you go into a career. Like we talked about the budgets being cut for lead poisoning awareness. When we talked about the Trump timeline, remember when they took away the funding for people being trained? I don't remember that
1: specifically, oh, but don't. I'm positive that that's that's true.
0: It was specifically for the low income housing. That oh, woman that took okay. over that. Yep.
1: Then from the article, they I remember specifically
0: that, yeah. cut that part of the funding. We don't set ourselves up for success and give us all the tools we need in our toolbox. And there's a lot of people hoarding tools in their toolbox. to these artists and lead poisoning. So this person does not mention Mozart, but they do mention two other composers that they believe they thought had lead poisoning. Quote, musicians Beethoven and Handel. It's Handel, right?
1: Uh, Handel, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Handel's
1: Messiah. That. Yeah. There might be another pronunciation that...
0: You know, because like Chopin, some people pronounce wrong. Like Chopin? Yeah. Or Chopin. Chopin? Yeah. Quote musicians Beethoven and Handel also might have been afflicted with Saturnism, which is another term that they use. So uh, that's something else I learned while reading this. Is that's another way of describing this?
1: Of describing lead poisoning?
0: Yeah. Why? I bet it has something to do with astrology. I'd love to know though.
1: I now I'm embarrassed. I can't remember this story. I'm sure it had something to do with their kids and chopping off their his bits. <laughs> I think he had to chop off his bits.
0: His bits. <laughs> Well, that has to be a future episode okay. in discussing that, because I would love to get into that. But not because of the nature of their craft. Or, I'm sorry, so let's go back to that. So they might have been afflicted with this, but not because of the nature of their craft. Samples of Beethoven's hair examined by the Pfeiffer Research Center in Illinois showed high concentrations of lead, possibly as a result of the high content of lead in the Hungarian wines that the musician drank and repeated biting of his lead pencils. And lead-rich medicines prescribed by his doctors. End quote.
1: Gotta that get that might, lead.
0: I wonder if there's a way we could get a hold of Mozart's hair and test it.
1: I that- feel that's a little stalkerish. <laughs> I just want, I just want a little bit of his hair. I just want a little bit.
0: Can I just? I know that he's in some like just unmarked grave somewhere. Like, can I just dig it up take a sample of this? Just a little, a little sample of his hair. Just well. a little. Snip. I just want to prove this. But I go back to his mom. And that wine. Right. Where was that wine from that they were force-feeding her?
1: Did, did it say? No. Did it say? Anything? Okay. I want I know rhubarb <laughs> goes great with Hungarian <laughs> wine. Yes.
0: Maybe the rhubarb powder was from Hungary. Oh, my God. Also, the, the lead, <laughs> the medicine, the lead.
1: Yeah, lead in
0: like, medicine. Oh, my God. We talked about turmeric, mm-hmm. you know, and how people take turmeric for its medicinal benefits. And... We're still doing that today.
1: I mean, I know this is car- this seems just seems cartoonish where it's like, here's something that might be healthy for you, but mm-hmm. let's make sure we add a little lead to that. <laughs> here's this uh, oil, this digestive. It's yeah, it's just not red enough. We it's yes. just not Yum not vibrant. To, yeah. We need to add a little bit of lead to that. Just it'll weight it down and get it into your stomach faster.
0: I wanna go back to, to the fact that we're still selling. Mm-hmm. And no, oh, it's exclusive for artists. And there's a big warning on it. But as we mentioned, where is that trash going? Do you you have to take it to a lead recycling center when you're done with it?
1: Or do you just like suck it off?
0: Yeah. Or are you like, (laughs) I want to know how expensive these paints are. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously they're they're expensive because there's this exclusive market for them. But also too, that makes it enticing like, oh, I can only get this color from this highly toxic lead paint.
1: I wonder also if there's like, I'm a part of a tradition, like I'm a part oh, of- Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: I'm painting in the same way as Michelangelo. I'm pa- or painting in the same way as-
0: Hope not for <laughs> <Franco>. Yeah. <laughs> you see anybody sucking the paint off their bristles, slap it out of their hands, please, for the love of God. <laughs> okay, I want to go back to two with Beethoven. I love that they, they sampled his hair.
1: Right, so Beethoven can get a lead test, but your daughter can't, unless...
0: But also, this shows that you can test it through hair. Right. It doesn't even need to be blood. And what are the different concentration levels? Because like we said, there was the military officer where they tested his bone.
1: Oh, yeah. And how okay.
0: dramatically different his blood levels showed... It was below 10, but then his bone density, the lead in there showed it was like 24 or something like that. I mean, it was a dramatic difference.
1: We just don't want everyone to be healthy.
0: How sad is that? We, the consumer, needed to take back our power. Because at the end of the day, like, yes, we live in a capitalist corporate society, but that can only function when we buy the things that keep the machine running. Our society is not set for preventative care. And unfortunately, you know, like I said, there are things labeled for preventative care like turmeric. Turmeric is for preventative care against high blood pressure, inflammation. And yet people are getting poisoned. Not everybody, but there are people getting high exposures of lead from something that's supposed to be treating their ailments. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a scary, corrupt thing, too, is jinxing or sabotaging certain preventative care, too.
1: The idea that we can just... Vote with our dollar is a really powerful one, but I think it's misleading because something that capitalism is able to do is reposition itself and re-encompass like encompass even the most powerfully intentioned movement. Mm-hmm. for its own purposes. So like if we all of a sudden we said we want to have this preventative care, we want to have I think turmeric is an example of this where we're saying we need to have locally sourced, organic from the earth methods of keeping ourselves safe and healthy yeah. and it's like yeah, of course, try some turmeric. Yeah. And so they're taking over that and then it's not healthy and it's not locally sourced and it's not really organic, but yeah. It fed into that movement. It just encompassed it back into. Yeah. it Really, what it's doing is making new markets off old products.
0: Well, it's like I said with essential oils, where companies Great and the example. FDA were bashing essential oils and do not do this do not until they could get their spin on it and now it's like oh do this it's great it's wonderful but they're not pure and they're mixed with all this other stuff and you know yada 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 also it made me think of the Patagonia CEO what do you
1: think of that guy
0: okay so it was super like yay I mean and I'm not saying okay and that's the thing too is I know you're against every billionaire that there is I think it's fabulous.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> However, I do also see the fact that he got a $700 million tax break by transferring it to a nonprofit.
1: Come to my side.
0: However, <laughs> I'm still there on my side because there's a difference between setting up a nonprofit to fight climate change and having the stipulation that $100 million every year has to go to fighting climate change versus the Koch brothers who set up their quote, nonprofit to strictly create propaganda to win elections. There is a difference.
1: (laughs) I say there's a difference without a a distinction um, because he could have easily given that money to existing corporations. He did a great job building an incredible company that makes lots and lots of money. The nonprofit is something that his family is still in charge of. The nonprofit is something that his family is still benefiting from. Why not give that money to people who are already in the fight? So this is that hero thing we talked about earlier, where it's like he was a hero in one sector and the idea that he's just going to transfer that to another area, which this financial management is, if you're going to give away your money, you just give it away. Just give it away.
0: Okay. But here's where I'm going to use that also against it is when you know how people operate and how easy Mm -hmm. it is to just give your money to people. And those people say they're going to do something, but then they don't do it. Mm -hmm. because that's how capitalism works. I do see saying like, this is our focus. Mm -hmm. This is the only thing this money is going to be used for. And we make a pact that that's what it's used for. And we're in charge of that because you do know how shady people are.
1: Yeah, I think that extends to everyone involved. I would say that the retention of control of that organization by his family members is just as shady as... As anything else anyone anyone's doing, the profiting, the tax profits that he's making, uh, just as shady. And I totally get it; you got to do it, but just give the money away.
0: Yeah, I'd I- like what I'd like to see if he's you know a man of his word is that seven hundred million dollars be placed somewhere. That break that he got, pray to God, we finally get set up where <laughs> corporations do have to pay that tax. Because think about that seven hundred million dollars. What can we do with that if it was actually? tax money that was put into society but yeah so it's like that put your money where your mouth is so i have a real housewives of beverly hills analogy to for this (laughs) do you know anything about the scandal with erica jane who is the lawyer i don't lawyer okay i
1: i know about the shows but i don't know what's going on you
0: know anything okay so you remember the movie erin brockovich
1: uh the small town lawyer that brought a big company to its knees
0: yes well that's based on the, so the big lawyer. I messed
1: that up. I'm sorry. It's like, she wasn't a small town lawyer.
0: She wasn't a lawyer, but she got with a lawyer who believed right. in her and what she was doing. So that lawyer that that's based on recently, it came out that he screwed all. So he, that's he, so he's on his pedestal that he's the big man who takes down the other big man and helps the little man and gets them their money fights for injustice. Well, it turns out that he never paid like all of these victims for, Oh my God. Insane, millions and millions and millions of dollars. So, so Erica divorces him. There's this whole big shady ordeal with that. She's saying she didn't know anything about it this whole time. They're flying on private jets while well, these people who like, there's actually a really good documentary on it. But one of them is this guy where there was this gas line. The city knew this needed to be fixed and they put it off, put it off, put it off. And there's this gas explosion that kills his girlfriend and nearly kills him. And he has a severe burns on, I think, like three quarters of his body. He still has okay. to get surgeries like every year. Horrific, painful. He still hasn't seen a dime. <sighs> and so while... Erica, Jane and her husband are flying off on these private jets and have their like mansions everywhere and stuff like that. So anyway, so she's saying she has, she's not responsible for this yada, yada, yada. But anyway, so she has these earrings that were, um, I can't remember how much money they were, I think $70 million they're worth or something. But one of the housewives is saying like, well, even if you're not, we're not saying you're not responsible, why don't you just give these earrings so that these people have money. Like they're just a pair of earrings. And she's saying, I don't have to do anything that I legally don't have to do. Right. Which, okay. And she's like, I go by the law. I go by the law. And it's like, well, you clearly see how the law works. Don't you? (laughs) So then she actually ended up having to give these earrings and she did. She turned them over. But anyway, so this woman's saying like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? And one of the other housewives who is, she was really big in the '90s, and I bet if like you saw her from the '90s, you remember. But she looks nothing like she used to. So she is just it
1: Lena. What is I the person, What is Was that? Are they from Days of Our Lives?
0: No, not Lisa Rinna. <laughs> okay. She's basically a socialite, where it's like, why do you have all this money? So she's hearing this other woman constantly pressing Erica Jane, "Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this?" This other person donates four hundred million to the victims. Okay. The point I'm getting to is so people focus on like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Who are in positions to do something? Just do something then. So this woman did that to show like, are you going to donate what I donated? Because I just did that. Instead of pressing her like, well, you have the money to do it. Why don't you donate it then if you care so much? That's where if this family donates 700 million of what they should have paid for taxes into some social benefits, I'll believe them more. And their passion for fighting to shift the narrative. Would you believe more if they donated $700 million to some social benefits? Like if they donated it to public school, like for public educators' salaries or, you know what I mean? Would you believe it more or would you still be? I just think it's
1: a matter of power. I would like them to donate that money. I would like to see that money used to make more, um... oh, God,
0: God. My God, are you okay? Oh, I can't yours horse. Oh my God. Do you have water by? Charlie horse. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know how painful that is. Just go away, man. Oh. Also, what a terrible name for it.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like your funny bone.
1: Neither Charlie nor a horse. <laughs> Disgust. What
0: is that from? Uh, I'm feeling the clump. Co- SNL. Coffee
1: talk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. Well,
0: hopefully that'll. Sorry, I'm
1: not laughing at no. your pain. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. So. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: I feel like there's this sphere that keeps us from actually examining the individual or the family unit or just actual communities. One thing is, instead of starting this new nonprofit, I'm not saying you couldn't have a foundation, but I i actually am been questioning whether a foundation should exist past three to five years you might actually employ some people who are really really smart and can come together from a number of di- of, of disciplines and decide like how would this best be employed to answer a question that no one has asked or has been able to solve if we're going to ask these questions and not just sort of trickle it into the historic notions but i could see the reason of having a foundation but to have a foundation in perpetuity and just sit on big stacks of cash is really frightening to me and then mm-hmm. also it's just i really see this about as an issue of power and never allowing power to actually trickle into the level of Other community of level of the it's a messy level it's mm-hmm. the so we didn't do that with covid and vaccines right so instead of just sending out vaccines to people to communities how many people are in your community 300 000? okay we're going to send you three hundred eighty thousand vaccines we're going to employ people to administer it to administer them and uh you know we're going to spend the next six weeks giving these out and you just walk up and get your vaccine that which is m- what's
0: happening now is it oh god yeah i just really? I, ruby just yeah ruby just got her first dose the library in town, that's a weekly clinic. You don't need your ID. You need nothing. You don't need insurance. I'm and... not seeing that here. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, I'm um... working on getting my next vaccine.
0: I couldn't get her the Moderna vaccine for five and under the UW clinics only allowed it for people who were on the list for organ transplant, autoimmune compromised right. or so cancer. At, like it was so, so clearly it's the better vaccine before
1: there was any normality uh, norms being created instead of just saying we're going to roll this out to every human being in the country because every we want everyone to be vaccinated.
0: Yeah, which is what they're doing. Like what they're doing now is what they should have done at the beginning (laughs)
1: but there's a gap now like now there's all this weird stuff about vaccines and
0: like i said even for her age like you could only find and i googled the state and i found moderna for five and under at one clinic and it was ghc and you had to be an existing patient to get it
1: is this for five and under or is this for everyone
0: no five and under specifically
1: great so now we've gotten to the five and under what i'm talking about is like human beings when the vaccine was rolled out, you need to have your insurance. You need to, I mean, you couldn't just go and get it. You had to have something. And then even if you didn't have insurance, you were charged, and then you had to, like, fill something out to get reimbursed. There's just this force field in our thinking about how to do good and I think it stops at the level of the human person. It stops at the level of the family, and it Mm -hmm. never really truly engages with the messiness that is a community, because a community Mm -hmm. is just kind of a weird conjunction of different intentions. We don't really know how to do that. We might set up nonprofits who have salaries, and I feel like I work for the nonprofit industrial complex, and we're just sort of proving why we need to continue to exist as opposed to solving problems. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with philanthropy. It, I can't find anyone to tell me why we wouldn't just give the money away. Why are you around 80 years after you
0: Well, Jeff Baino's ex-wife just donated her two mansions mm-hmm. for just upright goes, okay, here you go. And that's what's kind of crappy too, because obviously we know who controls the news and media outlets, what you see, what you're constantly being fed. That didn't just pop up on my... News timeline. You know what I mean? That was after like 15 minutes of scrolling through stuff that I actually saw that it's that easy. Here you go. Here's my two houses. There you go. I can't remember how many millions of dollars it was. But yeah, that's she's just like, Oh, we need more money here. Okay, sell these two mansions. The fact that you even have two mansions. So that's something actually, Robert. Did I tell you that Robert Reich did that comparison of Jeff Bezos' house? What his house is worth and what his salary is is comparable to somebody who's making $75,000 a year buying a house for $66.
1: I think you did share that with me. Yeah.
0: We need more analogies like that (laughs) to show just how disproportionate things are. Because you hear these crazy numbers and it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like a $127 million home and his $26 billion salary means nothing. But when you compare it to mm-hmm. $75,000 salary, buying a house for $66, wow, I can really picture that now.
1: They can never spend that money.
0: No, and it's just silly. But anyways, back to all of these musicians and artists. They have lead poisoning. And this person is saying this might have actually been associated with these works of art. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a scary thing. And like what you said about the people buying this paint because they want to keep the tradition alive, there's almost an incentive to this supposed benefit connected to their art. And that's kind of scary, even though it causes all of these health issues. I could see people trying to spin this as, but look what they created.
1: I mean, it's also like they're following the letter of the law, not unlike uh, the analogy you gave with the earrings, and um, mm. where they're like, "Yeah, no, we put a appropriate sign on the on the yeah. tube, and we that had people use at your discretion."
0: It goes back to the lack of corporate responsibility. It's like Target selling the stuff with lead. Well, we have the warning on there that you're buying this and it has lead in it. Boom, boom. That's where we're done with our responsibility. Right. And then it all falls onto the consumer and what the consumer does with that.
1: I think one of the weird things that happens, because neither of us is a libertarian, so like we're not saying there should be no government. No. Even libertarian experiments, sort of like reforming governments, like what is it, the bear situation where the, we can Google bears, a libertarian government where the government stop patrolling things and then trash built up and then bears took over the city and then oh. there was no there was no government to like clean up or get rid of the bears and the nuts with guns weren't enough to keep the bears away yeah just uh, shooting
0: all the bears just <laughs>
1: shooting all the bears didn't scare the bears so then they invented this group that was going to oversee this stuff and make sure that it happened it's <laughs> like their own
0: form of government. ouch I just hit my head on something I was like so
1: <laughs> i think every experiment like that has ended up inventing government yet again so it has to exist and yeah <laughs> but i think there's another dimension to this it's not just making this government and then making these laws that are perfect and this like yeah ancient greece there was this attempt to make the new omen or like the good laws, the good rules, and they were going to be like, because they were good, they were immutable and forever. And then within like two generations, they're like, yeah, we really need some new uh, immutable forever, never changing laws. Like evolving? Exactly. Once you get to a certain scale, you can't really fit into the daily and personal lives of a community. It's the same thing with, with a foundation. If you have $2 billion to give away, yeah. you could either just give it all away or this idea of like, oh, we'll, we'll just create this foundation that's going to meet the needs of people. You're not. You're too far removed. I don't think we know how to interact in that way is mm-hmm. what I'm really trying to say. We don't know how to interact from the scaled up level yeah. to this human size
0: ongoing. It's a strong attachment to the history. And it's like, we can preserve history without repeating it.
1: I hope
0: so. I mean, that's kind of like what we, we should be doing. <laughs> history repeats itself, you know? And like I said, we have this strong attachment to what is history and what it means in our society and in our lives. And unfortunately, like too much of that is repeating it. I would like to get more into the artistic enticement of this because I found that fascinating that this guy is linking us to possibly mm-hmm. being a part of these works. I mean, Van Gogh, obviously. It would just be fascinating to see. But again, it's like what's what what is it worth? And we're yeah. only talking about how it affected these specific people, not their family, not their community. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to still get some of Mozart's hair and test it, Just saying so you know I understand. Maybe. If anybody has some of Mozart's hair, please. Um or
1: would okay. like to join us on a epic heist.
0: Ocean's Eleven, Mozart's Hair. We're going to Ocean's Eleven this. Should I just fulfill this by writing a screenplay where we Ocean's Eleven, Mozart's Hair?
1: Or GoFundMe.
0: You know what I'm doing? I'm sure we'll
1: need a safe cracker and a...
0: You know what I'm Googling right now?
1: Someone who throws knives.
0: Hold on. Paul Kramer. Go for it. Paul May Kramer. I just Googled, can you get Mozart's Hair?
1: No, you did not. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. No.
0: I I feel like the NSA must have a field day with my Google searches. From a May 26, 2015 article, you can now buy a lock of Mozart's hair if you're rich. Somebody has a lock of Mozart's hair and it sells for (laughs) $20,000. So I got to put this in the link.
1: Hello, Miss Jeff Bezos. (laughs) I've got (laughs) something you can really spend your money on.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, I just added it to the sources. Oh, my gosh. So, it must have sold, because this is 2015. It was expected to sell for $20,000. Stop it. An ancient gray strand that was passed down from generation to generation sold inside a gold locket. You can buy a genuine, another one from Beethoven's hair. I wonder if that's how they tested Beethoven's hair. Because remember, they said that that's how they found out that he had... Can somebody who had, whoever, <laughs> this is me saying that whoever had bought Mozart's hair is listening. Can you please just donate a strand of it to get tested for lead poisoning so I can test my theory? I just want to know whether or not I'm right. Oh, my God. All right. Well, this just blew my mind, and we need to get that done. Can we start a GoFundMe? <laughs> there, we, don't have, we don't have to Ocean's Eleven digging up his grave. We just Well, I mean, to, we
1: still could, right? I mean.
0: Yeah, we just got to find where it's hidden and get some cool technology. We we need someone who can
1: do acrobatic. Yes. We need someone who can do lots of backflips. Yes. And and then we need like an elaborate overview where we talk about what we're going to be doing and how the heist will will occur. And we need the scientist who's going
0: to test it. I love it. All right. Right. Well, if you don't hear from us for a couple weeks.
1: For some reason, that testing has to take place inside the back of a van at high speeds.
0: (laughs) I got it. I
1: nearly have it.
0: (laughs) What if this is how we gain awareness for lead exposure and lead poisoning, causing the demise of our society? I don't see any other way. I
1: don't see any other way.
0: Stealing the Ocean's Mm. Eleven story plot. Mm Hmm. And just instead of a casino, it's some rich dude's house who has Mozart's hair.
1: Nick Cage says, we need to steal Mozart's hair.
0: He is not allowed to be in this, but anyways.
1: Oh, <laughs> poor Nick Cage. He's doing fine.
0: Yeah, I'm like, he's doing fine in his he's own little fine. bubble. Anyways, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks for tuning in. We got a lot off topic on this episode, including some Real Housewives of Beverly Hills talk. Anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.